we started at a time where there really was a lot of white space in the market and we were very lucky with the timing of our launch because we launched literally at the same time that people were learning what the word athleisure even meant and hearing it for the first time. And so it was a really exciting time for us to launch. And at the time, everybody wanted to know more about activewear and wanted to embrace it, whether you were a consumer or you were a retailer. Everybody was just really into that category. And so it was a great time for us to launch. That was Denise Lee. This is Marnie Salop. Thanks for tuning into my podcast, Marnie on the Move. Each week, I will be inviting interesting, innovative movers and shakers to join me on the show and share their story. You will discover and hear from thought leaders, experts, influencers, and entrepreneurs from the worlds of wellness, sports, beauty, fitness, fashion, and more. Marnie on the Move will feature an eclectic mix of people I know, work with, and think are generally doing cool things. On each episode, I sync up with my guests about life, career, and training, and showcase their expertise and story. Hello, and welcome to the Marnie on the Move podcast. I'm your host, Marnie Salop. Thanks for listening and all your great feedback on the podcast. I appreciate your direct messages and questions on social, and please keep the emails coming. If you like what you hear, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's so important and very easy. Simply scroll through the list of Marnie on the Move podcasts on your app, click on write a review, share what you like about the podcast, your favorite episodes, what inspires you, and tell your friends to listen. Email them a link, post it on your social platforms, tag Marnie on the Move, and spread the love. In other news, we recently launched a shop page on our website so you can shop for our favorite products and experiences along with partner offers and more. Check it out. Now, on to my guest. Denise Lee always knew she wanted to be an entrepreneur. Growing up in Hong Kong, she moved to New York City to go to NYU Stern and pursue her dreams. But it wasn't until she started training for her first triathlon in 2012 that she had her aha moment. As an avid athlete, she couldn't find any activewear brand that offered the effortless, cool, sophisticated styles of the contemporary designers that she loved. Denise found the market lacking in a sense of creativity. Flash forward to 2014, she launched Alala. Today, the brand is one of the leading modern activewear brands, providing women with sophisticated style, great designs, and silhouettes that are chic, comfortable, and workout ready. On today's episode, Denise and I sync up about where Alala began, her inspiration, her personal and brand mission, Alala's very cool and forward-thinking design collaborations and partnerships, one of which is with DJ and fashionista, Marnie on the Move podcast guest, May Kwok. We also talk about the workouts that fuel her for success. Alala was one of the first designers on the athleisure landscape, catering to the studio-going, class-loving fitness crowd while appealing to women who wanted comfortable, stylish activewear to wear to the office or simply to lounge around in at home. Five years later, they continued to innovate. Alala is now carried in over 100 major retailers, including Bloomingdale's and Neiman Marcus, and has been seen on celebrities like Ashley Graham, 
Reese Witherspoon, Naomi Watts, Jessica Alba, and more. But these celebrities are not the only stars wearing Alala. It's the strong and inspiring women around the country that really shine for Alala and Denise Lee. And for my listeners, Alala is offering 15% off. Use the code MARNIE15 on the alalastyle.com website. This code has a limit of one use per customer. So make sure you get everything you need on that first shopping spree. I am a huge fan of the Vamp shorts. So I'd love to hear what you like, what you end up buying. Have a listen and get ready to be inspired. Today's episode is fueled by Sun Potion. I am such a huge fan of their super high quality organic tonic herbs, mushrooms, and superfoods. I have been using a variety of their transformational foods and supplements for the past three years. They have been major game changers for my overall health and wellness. Lately, I have been using the pine pollen and ashwagandha for hormones and balance, chaga for my immune system, and my favorite, cordyceps, for extra energy pre-workout. I simply add them to my coffee or my smoothie every day, and I'm on the move. Head over to their website, sumpotion.com, and use the code MARNIEONTHEMOVE for 10% off. Now, on to the episode. This is so great. Thanks for coming downtown. Yeah. No, it was was nice. A nice end to the week. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about Alala, just for my listeners who aren't super fashionistas and dialed into the world of activewear and athleisure. Alala is a luxury women's activewear line. We're based here in New York City and really designed the line for powerful women everywhere. Alala is actually the name of a Greek goddess and her name stands for a battle cry. And so the whole ethos and vibe of the brand is really about strong, powerful women going out there you know, kind of doing their thing, forging ahead and and achieving their dreams. We see Alala as kind of her armor or her uniform that she goes out there and does all these amazing things with. And you were kind of one of the pioneers on the fitness, fashion, athleisure, activewear scene early on. When did you start Alala? Alala, we started in the spring of 2014. And so it's been five years now. And yeah, we started at a time where there really was a lot of white space in the market. And we were very lucky with the timing of our launch because we launched literally at the same time that people were learning what the word athleisure even meant and hearing it for the first time. And so it was a really exciting time for us to launch. And at the time, Everybody wanted to know more about activewear and wanted to embrace it, whether you were a consumer or you were a retailer. Everybody was just really into that category. And so it was a great time for us to launch. And when you launched, were there even stores that were buying? Because I remember... And I think I had some friends in the industry who I was trying to get them to start. I'm sure they're listening. One of my friends, I was trying to convince her to open up what now is Bandier, Mm -hmm. right? Like that was like one of my billion ideas early Mm -hmm. on. Um, And then I started seeing all these designers, including Alala, come out. But like Bloomingdale's didn't have a floor for athleisure, right? I mean, what was that like? Like trying to sell your line when the market was like, very small. Yeah, it was really interesting. And wholesale was always a part of our strategy from the beginning. And so we were going out there and talking to people. Equinox has been a customer of ours from season one. 
So they really gave us a really great like boost of confidence and legitimacy in the space because they bought us from our first season and they have all their retail stores. So that was great. And interestingly enough, Bandier and Carbon 38, I had met their founders and spoken to their founders like as we were all kind of getting ready for launch. And so it's been really cool to see everybody kind of grow over the years and develop their own sense of identities. But I remember having coffee with those founders in Bryant Park and just talking about the idea of what we were working on. And so it's been really cool to see it come so far in such a short period of time. But even now, I feel like it's interesting because people are still trying to figure it out. There have been people and partners that we've worked with that did activewear, now they don't, or people who have been waiting a little bit on the sidelines to see how it all like falls out, and now they want to do activewear. And there have been so many brands that have kind of come and gone and been before us and after us. And so I feel like it's a very interesting kind of shifting landscape of who's still around, who's kind of doing a good job of mm-hmm. selling activewear. And so it's really interesting. Are there any retailers that you think are doing a really great job? Yeah, um, we sell a lot to Nordstrom. And I think on the department store front, they do a really great job of embracing new brands. And they've been you know, a great partner for us. And just even putting us in the stores next to a Nike, it, it's really cool. And I think it speaks to like their support of emerging brands, which is great. Obviously, Bandier and Carbon 38 are amazing partners for us. And I'm always so happy to kind of see what they're up to. They're really doing a lot of really cool things. And then on the online space, we work really closely with Revolve and ShopBop as well. And they have these great little businesses that not little huge businesses that they've built, but they've been able to carve out, I think, a really clear picture of who their customer is. And so they do really great buys for their customers. And then we work with a lot of studios. So we work with SoulCycle and Barry's Bootcamp, Flywheel. So I think like the studios are super exciting for us to partner with as they're seeing so much growth and so much passion for their brands. And we're able to partner with them to, to service the retail and the apparel portion of that. So I think Those are super exciting partnerships that we've seen. And, you know, everybody approaches it a little bit differently. And we've learned a lot over the last five years. But I do think all the people I've mentioned, and there's so many more that we work with that are just amazing, super smart partners and and really passionate about the space that we really look forward to working with every season. And you do a lot of collaborations with artists from other industries, right? So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so we are a woman-led, women-run brand. And so a lot of our collaborations center around supporting other women, whether they're influencers or artists or they have their own businesses. And so that's kind of a common theme that we that comes through in the people that we work with. So we've done a bunch of collaborations in the past. On the studio side, we've worked with Y7, which is founded by Sarah Levy. And she right. and she's doing amazing. amazing. Yeah. And we did this amazing partnership with a really cool graphic on it. And that was really a great 
fun little collab that we did. We worked with Mae Kwok, who right. I know has been on this podcast. She's awesome. She's amazing. And I just feel like she's so much the New York City girl and, yeah. you know, really embodies like who Alala is like in a person because she's working and doing her DJ gigs and then also spending time working on her own personal development and, and surfing. surfing. Exactly. Totally. And so <laughs> I feel like she really lives such a full life and, you know, she's always doing something interesting and something that she's passionate about. And so we felt that that was such an amazing representation of who the Alala woman is. And so we worked with her on a small capsule as well. Um, We also work with a lot of uh, charitable organizations. So International Women's Day is coming up for us. And we are working with an amazing organization based in New York City called Womankind. Mm -hmm. And they provide services for disadvantaged women who are in domestic abuse situations or other very like difficult situations. And they provide them with both financial and like social support to help them get out of those situations. They're based in Chinatown. So a lot of their audience is are like Asian immigrants who may not even know, know the language and know how to even like get a lawyer. And so they do a lot of work to kind of help those women out of their situations. And so we're partnering with them to raise awareness for the work that they're doing. And we we're supporting them by we made a tank top that says womankind on it. That's really great. That'll be available for sale. And we're donating a portion of our net profits to the organization at the end of the month. Awesome. Where can people buy the the shirt now? You can buy it at alalastyle.com starting March 6th. Because we're a women-led, women-run company, we feel very strongly about having these partnerships that give back as well as are mutually beneficial for everybody. And so I think that philanthropic aspect of what we do will always be a part of who we are. Yeah. And I mean, speaking of women-led, women-inspired, women-empowering you are the model of that. Like, what's your background? Were you a designer? And then you started your company? Were you working somewhere else? Yeah. So my background is more in marketing and business. I'm not a designer by profession. My parents are both entrepreneurs. And so I feel like from a very young age, I was always encouraged to like explore and kind of pursue my passions and try new things. My dad's more on the business side and my mom, she's more an artist. And so I feel like even growing up, it was a really nice mix of both sides of my brain and honing both my artistic tendencies and also the more business side and more mathematical side of my brain. And so I think it set me up really nicely for being able to do something. I went to undergrad to do business and then also went to business school at NYU Stern. Are you from New York? No, I grew up in Singapore. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. So I'm from the other side of the world. <laughs> but I always wanted to come to New York after Are your parents college. still there? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Do yeah. you visit them? Yeah. And they come nice. once in a while to see me. It's a very long way to go. but Yeah, it's far. Like FaceTime makes it better. <laughs> yeah, social media is exactly. amazing. Exactly. So you went to NYU to Stern? Yes. So I moved to New York and I wanted to be in fashion. And I started in fashion marketing and then went to NYU Stern to complete business school. And then after that, I worked for an entrepreneur. His name is Chris Birch. And with Chris, I was able to just learn a lot about retail as a business, building brands as a business, and and really kind of dive into every part of what it takes to make a brand happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a great kind of learning experience after business school to kind of get that real world foundational learning of what it really takes to start a business. And so 
kind of coming off of my experience working for Chris and having this idea for Alala, that all came together. And then I left Chris to start Alala. And so you're a triathlete. I've done a oh, few okay. triathlons. Okay. Did you start a company and then run out of time to train for races? <laughs> it was more like a bucket list thing for me. Oh, really? Like I really wanted to do it for right. a long time. And before I turned 30, I was like, I'm going to do this for the first time. I want to do this. And so that was my foray into it. And then I've done a few since, but it does take a lot of time and a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you come up with the idea for Alala? What was your design inspiration? Alala came out of my own personal desire or wants for something that was a little bit more stylish and cool than the options out there. This was in 2011, 2012 that I came up with the idea for Alala. And at the time, there weren't as many choices as there are now. There really was nothing. So it was basically like big brands and maybe a few small ones. But because I always loved fashion, because I worked in fashion, I wanted something that reflected this really cool New York City sense of style that the the women had here and that I personally wanted to wear. And there wasn't really anything in that activewear space that spoke to me that way. I didn't really connect with the brands. And that was kind of the moment where I was thinking there has to be something else or, you know, maybe this is my idea. And growing up wanting to be an entrepreneur my whole life, I think a lot of people can relate to this. If I only had the idea, right? If I only had the idea, I would do it. So you were like, I want to have my own business and I want to do my own thing, but I don't know what it is I want to do. Yeah. And that was for a long time. That was the case. When you were a kid, what were you like? I was very by the book. Okay. Maybe it's because you grew up in Asia and it's a little less creative and people kind of just want you to study and get A's. I definitely fell into that. Right. But I always had this rebellious side to me that I didn't want to do what everybody else was doing. I didn't want to go to the colleges everybody was applying to. And so I always felt very independent and I didn't need other people's opinions to validate what I wanted, even though I was very studious and I did really well in school. And I think as I've grown older and as Alala has grown and I've been working on Alala for the last five years, I really feel like that's allowed me to come into myself a lot more and kind of shed the pressures of other people's expectations even more than... You've basically grown up in parallel, in tandem to growing your company because it sounds like you launched it a few years after you graduated from NYU and then... Like now in my you're late like, 20s, yeah. yeah, experiencing mm-hmm. all the lessons of like entrepreneurship. Like what are some things that in the beginning were just so challenging to you that you would give someone advice that they should work through? You know, one of the things that it took a long time for me to get over was even feeling comfortable, like saying that I was doing something on my own and having the belief that what I was doing was worthwhile and interesting and people should buy into it and and get excited about it. And it was very hard for me at the beginning to say, oh, I just quit my job and I'm starting this activewear line because you just knew that everybody was going to say, oh, why? There's so many other brands already. Why? Did people do that a lot to you? Yeah. I remember the day that I called my dad, like the day I actually like had the idea for Alala and I was so excited and I talked to him and he's the best, like he's super supportive. He was like, yeah, you should do it. Yeah, yeah. But then right after I talked to him, I went to an Oscars party with a bunch of my friends and I started telling them, oh my gosh, I just had this idea. I think I'm going to do it. I'm going to start an activewear line. And it was silence 
People are like, yeah. oh, okay. And it was like, you come across so many of those moments where like other people are not responding positively to you. But then there's also so many moments at the beginning where you're not responding positively to yourself. Well, because you know, you're, you're like, you're I don't even know. To like, that. Yeah. And like, what do I know that I could start this brand? How am I so special than other people? But that I've learned to kind of put those voices to the back and just embrace this whole learning experience. Yeah. I mean, even me having my company for 20 years, right. Or starting this podcast or all of the millions of ideas that I have, like people are always, there's always going to be someone who's like, well, what's the ROI or like, what's your business plan or Mm -hmm. what's your point of differentiation? And you're like, go back to business school. I don't know. (laughs) I just sometimes feel like saying that I even had a, I mean, I even had a conversation the other day. And I think those challenging people and challenging questions make you think, but you, it's almost like doing a triathlon or doing any sports or fitness or whatever. It's like you get to a point where you're questioning if you could do something Mm -hmm. and you just have to do it and not listen to the noise around you. And I I don't know. I mean, that's my, but I can imagine, because I remember when you started, like I can imagine that there was like so much pushback because it was just a very visionary idea. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I think it wasn't as much a visionary idea, but it wasn't something people could really imagine when you told them what you right. wanted to do. You like know? they would say, like, why would you do that? Like right. there's already this brand or that brand. Exactly. And like there's no no stores, there's nothing right. out there. Like, where yeah. are you gonna sell it? Yeah. Did you start out direct to consumer? We did both. So we did both wholesale and direct to consumer through our website at the same time. Okay. And then are there some other good lessons that you have that things that you've learned along the way since we're talking about launching your business? I think I learned also not to be so embarrassed to ask for help. And that was something also you kind of grow up and I was very like type A and I was always really good at what I did. And I was really good at anything that I kind of like did. And when it came to Alala, I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I have to figure out all these things, like how to make the product, how to do this, how to do that. And I was really fortunate because through working with Chris, I was able to meet so many people that were experts in their fields because as he was building his brands, like he hired logistics people, he hired marketing people, he hired all these people into his brands and I was exposed to a lot of them. And so when I started Alala, I really tapped on those networks to learn and to ask for help. So I remember feeling a little embarrassed, like telling people about this idea that maybe people wouldn't respond to, but reaching out and being like, Hey, I know you're an expert at shipping. Can I have 15 minutes with you just to tell you about my idea and to learn a little bit about how do I ship product? What does that even mean? Did you find people were receptive to helping you for 15, 20 minutes of their time to give you advice? Yeah, I did. And I think that was something really amazing and unexpected because I didn't think people would take the time. And it's been like a learning lesson for me too. When I speak with other people who are trying to start their businesses and things, I always try and make time for right. for people as it's well. It's like the give back. Yeah, yeah I exactly. do the same thing. Yeah, I'm always happy to kind of connect with someone and sit down for 15, 20 minutes. And I always try to positively inspire them no matter what my own personal experience has been on certain things. But yeah. I mean, I think it's so important. So tell me a little bit about your collection and about Alala, the design and the style. Yeah. So Alala is very sleek and sophisticated. 
with a little bit of this New York City vibe to it. We make a lot of black pieces, which I think people appreciate. And I think how we're different than some of our other competitors is really through the fashion element of what we do. We take a lot of the trends from runway and the trends in pop culture and kind of incorporate them into our collections. And you'll see fabrics like velvet and Sherpa, things like that coming up in our collections and nods to all the really great contemporary brands out there like luxury brands. We take inspiration from them and work them into our collections. And so I think a lot of women, when they talk to me about Alala, they say that they love that it's not so basic. Right. There's always a little bit of cool factor to it. Maybe the zipper is like a cool color. The fabric's just a little more interesting than your basic black leggings. And really what I feel really proud of is that a lot of women have also told me when they wear Alala, they feel like superheroes. So it just makes you like sucks you in. You feel like you're on a mission. You feel so good about yourself that you can conquer your day. And so that's really the feeling that I feel people get when they wear Alala. We put a lot of thought into our fabrics and our fit. And so every piece is wear tested. It's fit multiple times before it goes into production. We use the best fabric mills in the world. And so again, being a women run team, we kind of understand the subtleties of a woman's body as well, especially When you get past 25 or 30, when you want certain things to be more hidden or you don't want to expose certain parts of your body, we're very conscious of that. And so I feel like we design pieces that really also work for a lot of different body types and ages. Yeah. Alala is great for all occasions, working, working out. I love that you can really mix and match either way. Yeah, I think one of the things that people also like is that we have a lot of those third pieces, right? Whether it's like a great sweatpant or a great sweatshirt, or going back to the fashion elements. We made a beautiful velvet bomber last season. You could wear that over like a cocktail dress and go to dinner. And so I do think the breadth of assortment is really nice because it also gives our customers an ability to style it how they want. You don't have to wear the matching bra with the matching tights. And you can wear the jacket over your jeans or wear it over a dress. And I feel like our girl has a very strong sense of her own style and she doesn't want to be told, wear this entire outfit together. Right. You know, she's just mixing and matching pieces as her style kind of dictates. And that's super exciting to kind of see it. What are the demographics of your customer? Demographically, I think it's what you would expect. She's 25 to 45, even skewing a little bit older if you really look at our customer base. I think she lives in a major city or has the mindset of, you know, kind of a city girl. She loves culture and learning new things, and she's always very inquisitive. She's certainly like someone who's on the go, whether that's pursuing her career or taking care of her family or working on social causes. Like she's a very passionate person about whatever she was interested in. Are you very connected with your consumer personally and as a brand? Yeah, I feel personally connected to our customers. Of course, I would love to spend more time talking to them and and getting to know them. We've been fortunate in the last two years or so to have had, we've had the opportunity to do a few pop-ups over the last few years. And that's been just like a great experience for us to get in the store, actually speak with our customers as they're trying Alala on maybe for the first time and 
feel like that feedback is so valuable to us. Last year, we actually did do a huge customer survey with a lot of people who are on our email list to get to know them better. We got some really interesting results back. For example, 50% of the people who responded to our survey say they work out five to six times a week. Wow. So yeah. That's kind of a good insight. Yeah, totally. And so I thought that was really interesting. It means they're super serious about their fitness and fitness is a huge part of their lives. Part of that survey was also having myself and a few of our directors actually call up some of our VIP customers and chat with them. And that was so amazing. I see these women's names come up as they're ordering things from us 20, 30 times and to be able to jump on the phone and get to know them what they love about the brand, but also how they're wearing it. One lady's like, oh, I have a three-year-old and I work from home and I wear your lounge pieces to work from home and I love it. It was just really great to get to know the women. And it's definitely something that we are placing more of a focus on for the future. That's amazing insight. Those power shoppers are your biggest influencers. Speaking of influencers, do you do a lot of influencer marketing outside of the collaborations that you do? We do. I do think it's a space that a small brand like ours, sometimes it's difficult to compete because the rates get higher and higher right? <laughs> for a lot of the girls. But we've built a lot of great relationships with influencers over the last five years that we've been around. And so a lot of the people we work with, actually, we don't pay. Right. And we just give product. And so I think it speaks to both how much they connect and love the brand, but also the relationships that we've been able to foster with them over the years. Yeah. I mean, I personally, I think that's a way more authentic way to understand and sell your brand. It's like you have your own team of salespeople that are really loving the fashion and the styles and then talking about it and telling their friends. Yeah. And I think something you touched on a little earlier is really interesting. We're actually launching an ambassador program, which will not just be influencer based. We would like to invite some of our best customers and some of the women who are just in our network of people, whether they're customers or they're people that have interacted with us on social media to be ambassadors for the brand, because I do think that's very authentic and they can speak to the brand in a very real way. And so I'm really excited to see that program get off the ground and and hopefully we'll get some really good insights from that too. That's a great idea. Are you going to do that through affiliate codes? Yeah. So we will do some through affiliate codes, but we'll have somebody on our team dedicated to managing that program and being their point of contact. And we are going to offer them both discount codes, but also early access to, you know, maybe a sale or early access to see the new collections or invites to our events. And so it'll be interesting. Do you ever think about having them host trunk shows? Like, yeah. is that, that's so yeah. old school, but I feel like there's going to be a movement around having that do like a comeback into the retail fashion landscape. Totally. I feel like e-commerce has become very transactional in a way. And so anytime we can connect and have a human element to the selling that we're doing, we try and jump on every opportunity to do that. It's just a matter of manpower and how many people we can actually, how many hours we can dedicate to doing that. But yes, I think the ambassadors would be an amazing place for us to start hosting trunk shows, amazing people for us to start hosting trunk shows with. We've seen other brands have success with that. And I do think for our customer, we would love to do as much of that as we can. When you started, how many pieces did you start with for your collection? And now how many do you have? Oh my gosh. When we started, 
we had one delivery. So that was one delivery to our customers for three months worth of selling and maybe 15 to 20 styles. Now we do 12 deliveries almost. And each of those is 15 to 20 styles. So you're doing seasonal deliveries, like fashion, not... We do monthly deliveries to our customers. Oh, monthly deliveries Mm -hmm. to your customers, not to stores. No, both. 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 So literally there's new Alala product every month. Wow. That's amazing. Going to our stores and also going up on the website as well. That's great. Yeah. It's it's definitely gotten a lot bigger. That's very different. It's very different. That's cool. I do think people love new. And so because we're a little bit more fashion focused, being able to have those trend pieces come out every month for something new is really nice. I think we've worked out like a good mix of merchandising or a good merchandising strategy for ourselves where we have a bit of new, but we always have our core pieces that don't change season after season. Those are the pieces that people love and they come back to buy again. It's a mix of the two. That's smart because it's very hard to start a fashion line and start out with so many pieces and so many styles and then to sell them also, right? So I think that's a smart strategy. Yeah, it's definitely something we've been working on refining and learning from over the last few years, but I think what we have now is working for us. Right. Because don't most designers do six times a year or four to six times a year? They deliver to their stores or they... I I do think most, a lot of people do do 10 to 12. Oh, they do? Yeah. Just smaller. They break it up. They break it up. We'll show three little deliveries at a time. So they're buying it in advance, but but when we ship it. Got it. It goes every month. So how many stores are you in now, nationwide or is it worldwide? Yeah, we have some international distribution. So yeah, how many stores are you in? we're in over 100 different doors. Over 100 doors worldwide. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So it's been really great and we've kind of seen our business really grow. And what are your goals for 2019? So our goal, my big goal for 2019 really is to get more brand awareness for Alala We're a New York City-based brand, and so a lot of people here in the tri-state area have heard of us, seen us around. But I do think we want to kind of spread the word of Alala to the rest of the country and and around the world as well. I feel like when people get to know Alala, they really love it. And it's interesting because, you know, we are a team of 11 women. I'm a sole founder. I've not raised outside funding for this business at all. And so we're up against some bigger players who have a lot more money for marketing and a lot more money to do splashy pop-ups and things like that. And so we've grown really organically over the last five years. And I think that's allowed us to get to know ourselves and our customer really well. But at the same time, my goal is for more people to get to know the brand this year. What markets do you think you want to really generate more awareness in? I mean, I think the whole of the U.S. is kind of coming more into the mindset of wellness and health. And so obviously the West Coast is a huge opportunity for us to develop our brand, but also everybody else in the States too. I feel like there's these pockets of really sophisticated women who don't have that many options or who are not as educated on their options for active wear. We actually did a pop-up in Atlanta Right. For the last, Which is a great market. Yeah, it's amazing. The women there are so stylish and so sophisticated. And we've had a store there for the last seven months. 
And people walk in and they're like, I've never heard of you, but the stuff is beautiful. Where's and your store in Atlanta? It's in Buckhead, but it's closing. That's fine. Yeah. Oh, it's closing? It's closing. Oh, no. So okay. we did like the holiday season and then... Was it, um, it was a pop-up. Yeah. Okay. So we did August through February. The Atlanta women, they're all wearing some of the bigger brands. And for them to be able to discover us in a way that they can like actually come into a store, try it on, talk to the yeah. sales girl and learn a little bit about the company itself. I think there's just so much opportunity and there's so many stylish women out there. You oversee everything as the founder, but what is your, like, what's your strength? So, so <laughs> I- a trick question, it's not I an do, interview. Uh, <laughs> I do all the financials. So I manage all the money in the company, obviously. And then we don't have a marketing director right now. So I work on a lot of the marketing initiatives that we have going on, which is kind of my expertise because that's what I grew up doing. And that's what my career before Alala was, was doing. So work that way. We have a small team, like I said, and so each director and each of their teams, they're pretty self-sufficient and they're very, very intelligent, capable women on the teams. And so we do collaborate on everything and I do know what's going on with everything, but I do trust them a lot to lead their teams and get stuff done. That's awesome. Yeah. That's like the hardest part, like doing the numbers and also being creative Because then the numbers tell a whole other story. (laughs) Sometimes it's not the story you want to hear. Yeah, I could definitely relate to that. But it's important as a founder to know what's going on truly in your business. And yes, the creative side is amazing. And it's so exciting when we get to see ourselves in a write-up or in a magazine or something like that or on a celebrity. But the health of your business really comes down to the numbers. And so even though I'm also a little more creatively prone, I force myself to, to yeah. do that part of the business too. It's a hard, it's a hard job, but yeah. somebody has to do it. <laughs> do you, speaking of generating awareness, like how do you feel that PR impacts your business? Cause you've gotten a lot of great press and you have a lot of celebrities that wear a Lala. Do you feel like there's a bump in sales when a celebrity is seen wearing a Lala in People Magazine? The way I look at PR is the way I look, I guess, at a lot of our other marketing efforts is that it's a touch point in the customer journey to eventually getting to know your brand better and then hopefully buying something. And so as much as I would love to say, yes, every time we get written up, we get a bump in sales. I think it's not realistic to expect that. But I do think every piece is a great kind of additional layer to a customer getting to know the brand or becoming even like curious to check out what's going on. And I do think with everything with direct to consumer and the changing face of marketing, PR is going through a little bit of the same thing right now. Right. It's like, you know, your outlets are changing. You don't have magazines anymore. There's no more magazines. Exactly. So is influencer marketing marketing? Is it PR? I feel like it's an interesting kind of evolution of what it is. Yeah. I Um, I feel like it's really, I've spent 20 years working in PR. It's like the wild west. And I I see all of the people I've worked with my entire career leaving their jobs or their magazines folding. Or the only thing that feels from where I'm sitting, it's still happening is television. And then I feel like obviously podcasts because I have a podcast, but I feel magazines are kind of You know, there's very limited and the way that people are writing about content and writing about brands is very different. So I almost feel like consumers are your PR now. It's like such a, it's like direct to consumer. Exactly. It's so different. And yeah, I feel like it's changing every day. 
And so they're really interesting conversations that I have with our PR team about just like what to talk about, how to talk about it. And I think like what I've learned over the last few years for us, at least, is you just have to be telling a consistent story because also consumers are so distracted. There's so much going on that one or two messages you want them to know about Alala, like that's what you just have to keep saying over and over and yeah, over Yeah. So again. what are the two messages that you want people to know about Alala? The main one for me is really that we are a brand for strong women. We make clothes for this woman that is out there working to achieve her dreams every day. And I respond a lot to that because it is kind of who I am too. And I think there's so much power and I guess power and strength that comes from that notion that you're putting something on that makes you feel amazing. And then you're going out doing these amazing things. And so that's my main message. And so you're not really doing, you said triathlon anymore. Mm -mm. Um, But yeah, what's your workout that like sort of fuels you for success these days? I love high intensity workouts because you get a lot out of it in a short amount of time. So those are what I usually go for, whether that's like a personal trainer or love going to rumble. I love Um, rumble. Yeah. It's my current favorite just because it's a nice mix of everything that I like. And so I've been doing that a lot. I've also, I went to a trampoline class this week. Oh, fun. Which was kind of crazy, but also really fun. And then I think this year for myself, I'm trying to focus a little bit more also on your mental health and just spiritual health as well as physical. Mm -hmm. So I've been trying to meditate a little bit more and also start journaling a little bit. I think it's really cool. At some point in my life, I can look back and see what I was thinking in 2019 and how it's changed. And so I would love to start putting those thoughts down on paper. Yeah. I haven't gotten to the meditation phase of my wellness routine yet. What's next for Alala? For me right now, I'm feeling very like passionate about two things like customer and getting to know my customer and how we can serve her better. And also learning more and how Alala can do brick and mortar. So those two things to me are kind of like at the forefront. We're looking at opening some of our own more permanent brick and mortar locations. And so that's a whole new step that we haven't really taken in the past. It's been really interesting just learning about it and thinking about how we want to approach it. So that's been really cool. That's exciting. This is awesome. Well, I can't wait to see where you open your stores. Yeah, this has been great. Thank you. Thanks, Marnie. Thanks again for tuning in to Marnie on the Move. If you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social at Marnie on the Move for Facebook and Instagram and Marnie Salop on Twitter. Head over to our website, MarnieOnTheMove.com for more info on this episode, links in the show notes, and of course, sign up for our quarterly newsletter, The Download, to get updates, deals, giveaways, and information on future events for 2019. I want to hear from you. Email me. Marnie on the move one at gmail.com and let me know what you're enjoying, what you want to hear more of. If you have questions for our guests, just reach out. <laughs>